Recently, there was the 2023 Streamy Awards. It is largely just an excuse for those who are already rich and famous to pat themselves on the back. It's not an examination of any useful metric. It is just a popularity contest. Of course, if you weren't invited to one of these, it's probably very fun to go. And if you won, of course, you would milk the share that like, hey, I'm the best, I'm the best, look at this award. Please watch my content. You'd be insane not to do that, right? To take it seriously as if you've actually achieved something by winning this award would obviously be fairly silly. You haven't necessarily done anything meaningful. You ha you're not punching above your weight or you haven't had explosive growth. It's just, hey, you are a popular creator. Here is your award. Well, you could see this as a criticism of the meaningfulness of the awards. I don't blame anyone for going or anyone who is like, yes, I won this award. I'm the best because that's sensible to do in this business. But one interesting development was that Penguin Zero won the award for commentary at the 2023 Streamy Awards. In the commentary space, there is a lot of really talented people who will spend days, weeks, months, like editing something, doing in-depth research. Many people who've recently blown up over the last couple of years. Charlie, his whole thing is he sits in front of a camera, minimal research, minimal editing, lowest possible effort. And to suggest for a moment that that is like the best commentary in some way is kind of insane. Obviously, I wasn't the only person to feel this way. One of the top comments was best use of other people's content award. But the top quote tweet was me if being on the fence about topics 24-7 was a job. <laughs> it has 70,000 likes and the announcement of him winning has like 6,000. What a brutal ratio. And the next one was, I think this one, was with another 70,000 likes from a completely different person, which just says, oh. And it shows a comparison between who else could have possibly won. I didn't know who Chad Chad was or D'Angelo, but I looked at the content that they make. All four of these people put significant effort in the videos that they make and the, the, in general, the content that they make. But Charlie won. Showcasing again, it doesn't matter the quality of the content that you produce. It's more a matter of just producing as much garbage as possible, pumped out with as little effort put in it as possible. So I looked into the other two who were here and D'Angelo Wallace ended up having a video on their channel, which was of particular interest to me. The video was titled Charlie and the Hot Take Factory, Wrong About iDubs. So for those who don't know, iDubs released an apology video where he talked about how he feels a lot of regrets about much of the content he made, feels he's grown as a person, and ultimately a lot of the stuff that he made negatively impacted the lives of other people that he didn't realize at the time, and so he felt it necessary to apologize. So what this video is about is Charlie came out and said he disagreed that iDubs had to apologize, and he ultimately just disagreed with the apology, and he got a lot of flack for doing so. So this is D'Angelo, but I watched this video. What I'm going to talk about here has nothing to do with Charlie's take, but there were just a few things in the video that I was like, oh, this is kind of like what happened to me back with my issues with Charlie. So this statement that D'Angelo says at the beginning piqued my interest. Hear me out because at first glance, this actually seems kind of convoluted, right? Like I'm reacting to this huge YouTuber named Penguin Zero, AKA Charlie, who just put out two videos reacting to this huge YouTuber named iDubs, AKA Ian, who just put out one video apologizing for a series of videos called Content Cop in which he reacted to a whole bunch of other YouTubers. But don't worry, because I'm gonna break it all down one thing at a time. So the thing that I found interesting about that is, I guess this has become more widespread than I initially realized, and certainly realized back when I first wrote my essay. I didn't realize that this using reacts to mean like any form of commentary was this widespread. As in, if you watch a video in a live stream, 
pause occasionally, giving your off-the-cuff uh, remarks as you go, that is equally a reaction as is spending six months doing an in-depth journalistic investigation into the history of a creator and making a video about them and their content and their history. Both those would be called reactions to some people. And honestly, I don't think it's an incorrect usage of the word in general, more than I think it's not very useful for the context of online digital media. Because obviously there's a huge difference between those two things and referring to them both as reactions. I just think it's not very useful to not distinguish between these types of content and to pretend that they are, that they are all the same type of content. There should be an acknowledgement of the differences between those two things. But D'Angelo doesn't seem to make such a distinction, at least in the words in which they say. And I think that could have inspired some of the animosity towards my writings, as evidenced by Gabby, who had no interest in what I was saying in my definitions of, of reactions or uh, reactors or who I was actually talking about and would just just assumed whole cloth that anyone who uses any footage from anyone else is a reactor and equally condemned by my work, which is obviously not true. This isn't a defense of Gabby because in my work, I clearly defined that I wasn't talking about commentary channels. However, having a greater awareness of this usage of the word uh, react and, and reaction and, and reactor and stuff, I will certainly communicate differently moving forward. Without any sort of context for my words, if I say reactors in the future, there will be some people, apparently, who will consider me to be talking about people who make current commentary content. Now being more aware of this, in the future, I will try to be more specific. I will talk about blind reactors or people who give their first impressions as opposed to just talking about reactors in general. It's going to make it a bit more muddy, but uh, being more aware of how reactors being used in the current ecosystem of YouTube, like I'd be a fool not to take that into account with my words. So this next clip also interests me. So yeah, that was Charlie's first video on the iDubs situation, which actually currently has more views than iDubs' actual apology, meaning that for many people, Charlie was the first and last word on the situation, despite Charlie's misrepresentation of iDubs' position. This was the exact same situation I was in with Charlie, but to a much grander scale. The difference of the amount of people who read my words to watch Charlie's video is a difference of like 100 to like 2 million. People found it weird that I objected to the idea that he would take my unfinished script for my video and then make a video on that to millions of people. People said things like, oh, well, you've put that out publicly now. That's, he has every right to do that. I still, and will argue to the day I die, that I don't think that was something that was entirely justified, given the level of attention that it had. He presented it as if it was like the news of the day that everyone was talking about, as opposed to what it really was, which was something that maybe like a hundred people read. One of the most infuriating things about the whole situation and what made me so angry, well, there were many reasons why I was angry. One of the biggest reasons was because rather than me being an agent communicating my thoughts, my beliefs to the world, ultimately Charlie said, no, fuck you. That's my job now. Your words are what I want them to be. I am now your representative, fucking deal with it. Without my wanting this to happen, Charlie became a representative for my views to millions of people. His words on my words were start, middle and end for most people. And that never changed. Even when I made my response, the first time I got to communicate my ideas, which I rushed within five hours, even that video still had like 
one fourth of the views that um he got. It was a situation where you just felt so powerless, which is I'm sure you've all experienced this throughout your lives, but just realizing that there was nothing that I could do or say that really mattered. That ultimately what I believe, how I communicate doesn't matter. What ultimately matters is what Charlie decides to tell people about me and my work. That I had no real agency in this situation at all. It was just what Charlie says goes. It just felt like it didn't matter what I said or did, that my beliefs, who I am, is ultimately just gonna be dictated by Charlie, regardless, right? An extraordinarily frustrating situation and something that made me extraordinarily mad because I knew there was nothing I could do to change it. And I just think that Charlie, still to this day, despite apologizing back then, in a a very vague way and still doubling down a lot of stuff, but whatever, he, he hasn't learned that he does this. He hasn't learned that he this he makes himself this way when he talks about stuff. My biggest issues always being with Charlie's first video is that if he had to talk about my words, that he didn't represent them or show them fairly in any capacity. That an essay that takes like half an hour to read was bastardized in a video that was 20 minutes long. But the most interesting clip by far was this one. When he got criticized a lot, one of the first things he said about it was this. People have done some very uncharitable interpretations of what I've been saying. And I guess I can't really blame them. If I'm not abundantly clear with where I stand on things, I've learned that everything gets lost with ambiguity and people run with the absolute most negative narrative they can find and the wildest ways to misconstrue some statements. Kind of like what you did with Ian's video. No, more than that, kind of what he did with my video, or at least my words. I I was floored to hear him say this of other people, as if this isn't a thing that he does as a routine. I don't believe in karma, but like him feeling as though this happened to him is to me what karma would be. He is ultimately getting his just desserts, even if it was in such a smaller way than what happened with me. Because ultimately, Charlie has a bigger platform and a bigger voice and therefore can drown out any sort of criticism that he receives. And he would just, of course, move on to the next thing and, and not suffer for it. Where I, because of being in a negative situation with Moist Critical, anyone who wants to maintain Positive, a positive relationship with Charlie, who is much larger, will obviously be less willing to engage with me in a positive way. Charlie has and will continue seemingly forever be in such a huge position of power and just be blissfully unaware of that, or at the very least, be entirely indifferent to the way that his words and how he can use his platform can negatively impact others. All seemingly because of his desire to throw out as many videos as possible. There was one last point said by D'Angelo that surprised me though. I do want to make one thing really, really abundantly clear. I don't think that this was some sort of like dark plan by Charlie to purposely mislead or misconstrue anything. I honestly just think it's just he just he makes so many videos, dude. The man has uploaded like 12 or 13 videos since this iDub situation, and it literally happened like barely a week ago. All this to say this really there's no way this could have been some dark plan because i don't even think charlie plans out his videos that hard and usually that is actually really a benefit to the content that's pretty much why i enjoy watching him he's like one of the few people on the platform who doesn't have to write a really long script just to be coherent and i usually think that really highlights charlie's best qualities But in a situation that definitely did involve more nuance than he gave it I think it backfired on him, and that sort of just happens. I don't know why a person would compliment someone for not putting effort into their content, not slowing down, taking the time and care to research, to pick their topics wisely, to think of innovative new ideas and edit stuff. The statement here is Charlie's strength is when he thinks about 
his content the least and puts in the least effort. Why? Why would that be the case? The lazier Charlie's content, the better it is. In this particular context, D'Angelo was impacted by Charlie's indifference, his haste, his lack of care about the impact of his words, and therefore has taken notice of it. But this happens all the time. But until it impacts you, it's like, who cares? And that's what this comes across as. I think his content is really great when I personally don't realize how bad it is and it's not impacting me negatively. So that was basically all my thoughts on that. It is certainly very profitable to be at the top and simply try to act as a mirror for the common sentiment on every topic. It'll be interesting to know what Charlie actually thinks of a lot of the topics that he speaks on or what beliefs he has in regards to topics that he does not speak on. And certainly in the case with me, the reason why he got kind of fucked up a bit was because there was no common sentiment because no one fucking cared about my essay. The one time he tried to go off on his own and say something himself, he was way off the mark. And I don't think that's a coincidence, you know. Stop! Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.